What medical lessons have we learned from the San Diego wildfires that caused the evacuation of over 300,000 people? Join us today for our show, Out of the Ashes, Medical Lessons from the San Diego Wildfires. You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Andrew Krakowski, your host of the Boondocks Wilderness and Travel Medicine Show. With me today is Dennis Fallon. Mr. Fallon is a certified emergency medical technician and a volunteer for San Diego County Sheriff's Search and Rescue Operations. He joins us today to discuss what it was like working the medical and search and rescue side of the San Diego wildfires. Welcome to the show, Mr. Fallon. Thank you. So, Mr. Fallon, you are a certified emergency medical technician and a search and rescue volunteer. How does one become a search and rescue volunteer for the county of San Diego? Actually, it's a all-volunteer squad. The way that that is achieved is by applying to the sheriff's department. In our county, all of the search and rescue operations are controlled by the San Diego County Sheriff's Office. They do actually have a formal academy, which consists of about 200 plus hours of training in basic rescue operations, medical care. 200 hours of training to become a volunteer? At least, yes. That academy actually is what field certifies the volunteers in our department to be able to go out and administer first aid, to uh, work in the evacuations, to go out on search or rescue operations, like the fire of this last summer. And how many people graduate a class like that every year? Two years ago, I think we had about an average of about 15 that actually made it. How large of a crew is in the field at any given time? Depending on the mission and actually what specific units are needed, we usually have a, a turnout probably somewhere from 30 to 40. During the fires, it was unique. We had most of our people showing up on a daily basis that weren't involved in some sort of work where they couldn't show up or they had family issues, but about 130 that are active in the Bureau. You want to tell our audience sort of where you were at the time when these wildfires started? I believe it was on a Sunday. Yeah, actually, I was in Riverside County being paged to come down and participate in the fire and was having a really hard time making it back down the I-15 corridor to get into San Diego. So after I made sure that my family was taken care of and not trapped between the LA fires and the San Diego fires, I was able to make it down to the command post in San Diego and then run various operations from there. And what day was that that you sort of got freed up and the road was open? I actually made it back on Monday. It's the same day that I was evacuated. Correct. What was your first duty or responsibility when you got down here? Our major division command post was at uh, Grossmont College, actually, in East County of San Diego. And the first appointments that I actually were on was to go out to the Alpine area and aid the sheriff's law enforcement in evacuations of homes. Now, as a search and rescue, or were you doing EMT work at this point? It's actually a mixed role. This initially was a search and rescue evacuation operation. As an EMT, there's 12 of us active as a medical unit in the sheriff's department. Everyone has a, a basic level of emergency response medical training, but 10 to 12 of us that are actually EMTs, and we're primarily there for our own group, as well as providing care for anyone we come across on scene. And what were you doing from an EMT perspective in those first couple of days? First couple of days, we actually were aiding Scripps Healthcare and emergency field hospital that they had set up in Rancho Bernardo. That's Mr. Van Gorder's group? Correct. Commander Van Gorder. He is our reserve commander, so he's the highest ranked person in the reserve unit for the search and rescue in San Diego. In addition, we were running supplies and running medical operations to Qualcomm Stadium. We had our units available at some of the various locations where evacuees were being brought, both animals and humans, and providing care for anyone in between. And what sort of medical problems were you seeing? Basic first aid things, life-threatening at this point? or In the beginning, we were just seeing a lot of respiratory problems, 
a lot of people that were getting minor cuts trying to evacuate their homes or, or take things out or re-enter areas that were burned down. You were responsible for actually working with these people firsthand? Yes. The ones that we encountered in the field, yes. The rest that were coming through the evacuation centers, we were working with the local emergency system in our capacity. Were you referring them back to Mr. Van Gorder's sort of park-based hospital in Rancho Bernardo? Is that sort of where everyone wound up? That was certainly one of the major command areas, yeah. In the Rancho Bernardo area or sort of that north county area, people were referring themselves in a lot of cases to that command post for free medical care, and, and they were being transferred appropriately by ambulance to hospitals from there as needed. But we were providing basic respiratory care. We had patients coming in with lacerations, people that just needed meds. There were a variety of issues that were handled right there in the field hospital. I won't ask you to quote statistics, but what do you think the most common thing you saw out there was? Respiratory issues by far. Mm -hmm. And we're talking asthmatics or people who didn't know that they had respiratory problems and were just being aggravated by the ash or both? Probably a little bit of both, but anybody with sort of any sort of respiratory issues where uh, it's definitely exasperated their respiratory problem. Kids more than adults or what do you think? We saw a lot of both. Your team itself was safe? No one got hurt doing anything in terms of the first aid at this point? No, we had uh, zero injuries. We were lucky that way. We did have quite a few of our team members who actually had to stay and defend their homes, had to evacuate animals. We do have a very active canine unit, make sure dogs are safe. We do have uh, horse units, and they had to evacuate their horses, and both teams were responsible in evacuating animals. But uh, as far as our own health, everybody made it out just fine. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Andrew Krakowski, and I'm speaking with Mr. Dennis Fallon. We're discussing medical lessons learned from the San Diego wildfires. So you talked a little bit about what you did as an EMT in the field. How about as a search and rescue volunteer for San Diego County? We have a mixed role, actually, in that our major priority falls under sheriff's jurisdiction, who is responsible for law enforcement and evacuation procedures in an event like the fires. Our primary role, besides supporting the medical operations in the county, was to aid law enforcement in evacuations. So we were all over Ramona. We were in the East County areas of Hamul, Dulzura, Barrett Springs, Barrett Lake. We were in the areas of Rancho Bernardo, actively evacuating people, and then immediately after the fires, searching the neighborhoods. And what were you searching for at this point? In a lot of cases, we were searching for victims. We were searching for people who were trapped, injured, and then after a couple of days, we were actually looking to clear areas out and make sure that there weren't undiscovered victims before people came back in. So when you're talking about searching, you're going through homes at this point or you're going through general vicinities? Initially, general vicinities. And then we were doing home-by-home -home searches, uh, an area that I was really involved with, which would be Barrett Springs Trailer Park, where a couple hundred homes were lost, actually, down in the East County. We searched each home individually, looking for any victims that might have fallen to the fires. Paint a picture for us in terms of what you're seeing there at sort of ground zero. A lot of destruction. We were actually in a canyon that was stripped of all vegetation. Like I said, in the one area, I think there were probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 mobile homes that were completely disintegrated. There was nothing left but the roof. Cars in the driveway were burned to the ground with just streams of aluminum that used to be blocks and wheels just rolling down the street. We found very little left of what people used to own. Fortunately, in that park, we found no victims for the fire, which was the best news. So, Mr. Fallon, when you're going home to home and you're meeting strangers, basically, and asking to search their homes, are you meeting any resistance at this point? Yes and no. When we were in the East County areas of Hamul, for example, most of the homes where we were at were still abandoned, and we were just going through and making sure we weren't finding any victims in those areas. Some areas where homeowners had not left the area or had snuck back in, we did meet some resistance. They wanted to know why these people were tromping through the remains of their home when they clearly had 
been accounted for. A lot of times we had to remind them that there are occasions where people can sneak in seeking refuge from the canyons or looters themselves actually being trapped in the homes. So sometimes clearing homes for victims is still necessary. And that's probably a good message for listeners to remember that if you or your or teams like you show up at the door, that you're there to help, not because you're interested in any of their private doings or goings on. You just want to make sure that there's no one there that needs medical assistance. Absolutely, especially in our role. I mean, it's a professional organization. It is a sheriff's department-sponsored organization, and we were there primarily for protection of areas, but to uh, make sure that we weren't missing any people that weren't accounted for. And Mr. Fallon, in your experience, is there anything that maybe you would have done differently? or will do differently next time something like this happens in terms of putting resources in the field or your own specific training? Actually, in general, I think that there's lessons to be learned by all groups, and obviously uh, those are being addressed by everybody involved. In particular, our units, we train very heavily for this exact scenario. Between our academy and off-site, we have a very in-depth search and rescue type operations and training, so we're really prepared as we can be, especially as civilians, for searching for these types of victims and being careful in fire scenarios. And we train both in fire safety and deployment of fire shelters, which is not a common thing for us, but definitely trained to recognition of human remains. And we are heavily trained in this area. Speaking of training, how does someone like myself get involved in becoming a volunteer? That's a good question. The best thing to do would be to call our SAR coordinator at the San Diego Sheriff's Department. I can certainly give you the number and and the uh, website for that and look into how you can volunteer. Like I mentioned earlier, there's an academy, but there's definitely positions inside the Bureau in communications, logistics, and other areas where you don't have to be field qualified quite yet. And then hopefully to move on through our academy, undertake our training, and come join us in the field. And what do I as an individual have to bring to the table to be considered for the special responsibility as becoming a volunteer? Basically, you just need to bring yourself and you need to be a trustworthy person who really wants to get out there and help people. Hopefully there'll be a number of people like that listening to the show. I hope so. Great. Well, I'd like to thank Mr. Dennis Fallon, who's been our guest today. We've been discussing medical lessons learned from the San Diego wildfires. I'm Dr. Andrew Krakowski, your host of the Boondocks Wilderness and Travel Medicine Show. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments, and by all means, feel free to visit us at ReachMD.com. And for more information about becoming a search and rescue volunteer through the San Diego County Sheriff's Office, please feel free to contact 619-956-4990 or visit sdsheriff.net slash SAR on the web. Thanks so much. And remember, when you're out there, be there.